What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Head for Heights. Today on the show, I have a good friend of mine, Dan Sheedy. Dan's been a creative for as long as even he can remember, but recently he started a company which allows him to better create for others. So he's here to talk with us about what made him start Green Moose Design, what his struggles have been, and just some general thoughts on creativity. I hope you get a lot out of it. I know I did. And uh, enjoy this talk with Dan Sheedy. All right, Dan. So welcome to the podcast. Happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So let's see. If you're trying to explain to someone what you do, what do you tell them? Um, so in, in regards to graphic design, I assume? Well, actually, this would just be – so say someone just came up to you at a party and asked yeah. you, so, you know, what's your work? What do you say? I guess I would have to go with my day job. Okay. I would say I'm a mechanical engineer, and if they asked me where I worked, I would say I work at the Naval Base in Lakehurst. Um and then we talk a little bit about engineering. Sometimes, like their, you know, their sibling, you know, their brother or sister will be like, "Oh, they're an engineer." You know, they went to this school. Where did you go? We'll get in a conversation like that. But um, but you're yeah, here. I probably wouldn't answer with I draw things. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But that is what you do now. Yeah, actually, recently, um, so I, I had started my own graphic design company. And what's it called? It's called Green Moose Design. Okay. And where can people find that online? Um, so I have a website, you know, www.greenmoosedesign.com. Easy to remember. Part of the reason why I picked the name. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, at greenmoosedesign. Take the E's out of the green. Just G-R-N. <laughs> Same thing for Twitter and uh, Facebook as well. Okay. So I'm kind of all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you wouldn't say that if you went to a party, but that is, like, that's why you're here today. You started this side project. Yeah, and some people tell me I'm a little too humble with things. So I think that might be part of the reason why I wouldn't answer with that because okay. I don't like to talk about myself too much. So I would probably answer with my regular job. Okay. I'm an engineer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't be like, well, I started this really exciting new graphic design <laughs> business. Do you want to hear all about it? Guy in a party. You know what I mean? Well, now you can direct him to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. As so, a matter of fact, go listen to Dave's podcast. Right. <laughs> so what made you start this side project? What made you start Green Moose Design? Because you're someone – so you're someone who's been creative – for quite a long time. I mean, I can remember back in high school, because we went to high school together, um, you did, I think it was for uh, Mr. Lacey or something, mm -hmm. you did this awesome, yeah. amazing sand project <laughs> that still to this day has blown me away. I, I've, you had you. a projector and you were drawing live, I, and you were projecting things onto the stage and drawing uh, I, I, in sand, just yeah. for the audience yeah. as you were going. Yeah, with like this background music and stuff like that. Yeah. So you've been creative for a really long time. Yeah, I mean, my whole life, pretty much. And outwardly so. Like, I know I know people who are creative, but they do it quietly. Yeah. Right? They do it, you know, uh, oh, did you know that this person draws? Right. But you've been very outwardly creative for as long as I've known you. And your plan was always to go into engineering. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah nothing to be you know, ashamed of. Sure. It's a very noble, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's hard as hell. And that's, you're still drawing and you're still being yep. creative in that. But why now going into actually creating for for profit, for money, yeah. I mean, even. Um, so, well, like you said, you know, like, as long as you've known me, I've been creative. So, my entire life, since I, literally since I can remember, I've been drawing things, coloring things. Um, my dad was an artist. Uh, he was actually, like, classically trained, like, he went to, you know, school for it. Um, so, he started me out with, like, you know, good old pencil and paper. It's graphite, sketching, shading, and stuff like that. He taught me about value in, uh, in shading, which is important. You know, where the light comes from. A lot of people don't think about that. If your shadow and your subject is off from um, your light source, you look at that picture and you don't know why, but it's wrong. Right. You know what I mean? So he taught me stuff like that. Um, and I actually took, it's actually interesting, a mail-in art course. They would mail in lessons and you would go through the book and do the lessons. And then um, you would take a test and the test was like, you have to draw the subject. And it would highlight um, one of the uh, things you learned, like say it's the color theory. Yeah. You'd have to use color in a certain way and you send it to them, they grade it and send it back and they send you the next lesson with it. And that was when I was like, I don't know, 14 or something like that. So that's that's what I wanted to stop. Yeah. So your father started teaching you how to draw. Yeah. I mean, how old were you when that happened? Uh, three, four. I mean. Really? He yeah. just picked you up right away. And what was his profession again? Uh, he's been through a lot of things. Um, he's, his background is mainly in sales Okay. Um, and managerial stuff. He's hopped around and he used to Work at a lot of lumber yards. It was pretty cool, actually. He um, he would go into the lumber yard and just organ reorganize everything. And he would basically, like, shut the, shut the place down, you know, organize it the way he knew it would work, and, you know, 
that his bosses appreciated that because they got more, you know, streamlined right. and stuff like that. So he never really uses art. Kind of like I went into engineering instead of being a classical artist. But, um, you know, he used to paint signs for people. Uh, it was as like a side thing. He builds ponds. So that's how he uses his creative outlet. And now actually he um, builds these custom reptile enclosures out of furniture, like a curio cabinet or something with glass windows. He'll take, take out the shelves, decorate the insides, and put animals in it. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and people buy them. People like it. It's very niche, but they like it. So why did he feel the need to teach you art at such a young age? Was it just an outlet that he had as a hobby and he wanted to teach his son it? You know what? And I'm not, I think he saw it in me because he also tried to teach me how to play the drums, which is something he was also very interested in. Okay. But when I was a kid, I had no interest. Okay. And looking back, I wish I did. Sure. <laughs> right. But when he looked at me when I was a child, he saw like he has a knack. He, genetically, he's gotten some of my artistic skills. Okay. So he helped me hone them when I was young. Yeah. And so I do want to talk to you a little bit about uh, creativity because you, so like I said, you know, with that sand project, you've been outwardly creative for quite a while. Um, but you've even been posting creative, you know, c- creative projects to like your Instagram account for quite a while. And when yeah. I when I say creative projects, I don't just mean that like, you know, you're creating and uh, someone's paying you. I mean, you would. I think you did this challenge, right? And and was it November and uh, yeah, it? October. Yeah. It was an October drawing yeah. challenge, and you drew like legitimate pieces of of art every single day and posted yeah. to your Instagram account. When it's this very is not, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your full-time job right it's not something that you've even i don't i don't think you would ever even describe yourself as an artist if someone probably not no just was talking to you randomly but for some reason you felt the need to do this and that really fascinates me about you for some reason sure um a big reason why i did that is because at school you know obviously we're all busy we all know how school goes um even if you didn't go to like you know college or something you then you have work everyone's busy with something yeah and there was a time where I didn't uh, do a lot of art. I didn't do a lot of drawing. And I, I got depressed a little bit. Not outwardly like, you know, I wouldn't diagnose myself with depression, of course. You right. know, that's a very, you know, sensitive subject and I wouldn't try to appropriate that or anything like that. But um, I felt like an emptiness almost. And something's missing. So <clears throat> I figured, you know what? Unless I force myself to start doing this, it ain't going to happen. So let me do this Inktober thing. It's really fun, and I had followed other people on Instagram like years before, and they were doing it, and I was like, wow, how cool would that be? You know, put, put out a piece of art, even if it's not the best thing you've ever done. At least you're putting something out every day, and you know, just to share it with the world, not for likes or anything, just right. for your own, I don't know, self-benefit, I guess. And just because it's good. Yeah, so I did it the first year in 2016. I was still in school, which helped a little bit. Um, my course load was a little bit lighter, so I was able to do it. But uh, yeah, I would just be like, well, what do I want to draw today? And my mind always went back to, like, the cartoons I used to watch, movies I like. You know, I think I had one with, like, Iron Man. Yeah, I know you had a um, – what, what is it? Uh, the new Star Wars. What is it? Oh, BB-8? Like, yeah, BB-8. Yeah, Why yeah. couldn't I remember that? That yeah. one was really fun. And I like to try and play with different styles. Like, with BB-8, I uh, dabble with, like, stippling, which is, like, you know, the dots. The, the closer together the dots are, the more, like, um, depth you get. Yeah. And as they get farther away, you get, like, a shadow effect. And that's a style I actually like a lot. Um but I just needed to do it. And similar to um, wood burning, that, uh, the map that uh, I, I, did, I did. I wanted to talk to you about yeah. that. Um, it was actually in the summer. So. And so what did you do just for people who haven't sure. seen it? And I'll post it. Oh, cool. Definitely yeah. on the, on the um, site. So I took a two by four foot piece of plywood <laughs> and I laid it down on a coffee table. I drew out the map of Westeros from Game of Thrones. I know there's, there's a lot of fans out there. I'm sure they're familiar. Um, I use like the books as reference and stuff because I'm a fan of the books as well. But um, and then I bought a wood burner, and I had wood burn before this. As I didn't just pick it up or anything like that. I did learn a lot in this project because it was a lot of wood burning. Um, and I I just spent two months every day after work just w- wood burning. And every day I'd get a little bit farther, and it takes a lot of patience. The way the burner reacts to the wood is finicky sometimes, and you got to be very careful. I think I have one typo on it. I'm not going to tell anybody where it is. <laughs> uh, but that was something else. Like, there was another lull in my creativity. And I I was like, you know, I was actually talking to Jen. Like, I got to do something. I need to make something. I need to just put something out there. You know what I mean? And uh, that, was, that was what it was. I, 
how cool would it be to have like a map? You know what I mean? And just hanging on the wall or something like that. And that's what I made. <laughs> that is awesome. Thanks. I mean, it's it's a need. It's It scratches an itch. And that's the interesting thing is because, I mean, you weren't doing some of these major creative tasks for any type of money at all. No, um, it's just for me, yeah. Right. And I don't think you're the kind of person that posts things on Instagram for likes on Instagram no, or anything like that. No, I like, like sharing that. them. I like right. to see what people think. Of course. But I don't think it's like, you know, it, it literally is for you. Yeah. I mean... I've seen you do creative things. It just It's for no one else. Yeah. It's just to satisfy right. a need. Mm-hmm. So you've been sharing your creative work for a really long time, yeah. know, whether it be on Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, like like I said, there was that time in high school. I think, what, you were a junior then? I think so, yeah. And you're publicly sharing your creative yeah. art. Like, that's very unique. Did you have any hesitations when you started sharing your creative work? Um, Honestly, not really. I don't know if that sounds weird or not, but... um. I, I like constructive feedback and criticism. Um, I actually I show my dad almost everything I do. Um, he's never like harsh or anything like that, but he'll give me like little tips and tricks, like oh maybe you could have done this. Or and other times I really like when I blow him away, and he's just like wow that's awesome, <laughs> that's a good feeling. Um, but if somebody doesn't like what I put out there, that's fine. I mean it doesn't bother me. Uh, usually I, I try to keep a good you know circle of friends and stuff like that and family. So if they don't like it, they just won't say anything. They're not going to be like, well, that sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, a couple things I have posted on like Reddit and obviously on the inter- internet, people are a little, uh, I guess, more lenient with their words. <laughs> so if somebody doesn't like it, they'll say it. And But that didn't bother me either, really, because there's other people that are like, this is awesome. And I'm like, thank you so much. Um, so hesitation, I would say not really. I mean, if it's something I'm not uh personally invested in or something i don't think is like my best work i won't post it because hmm. if i don't even like it i'm not going to share it with others i'm going to make them look at this <laughs> but uh no i would say not really any hesitation i i really like sharing my stuff i like seeing how people react to it and stuff yeah that's definitely different and, and i think it because you've been in the creative world for so long and maybe you've overcome that early i mm. talked to you know a decent amount of people who when they first start being creative is it's a weird thing yeah to all of a sudden now put your work out there i mean i can remember you know, and you you know that I, I started like a t-shirt company yeah. way back when. And when you first make that site live, yeah. you're, you're scared. I mean, and there's no other word for it. You know, people say like, oh, you know, you're taking your time. Yeah. It's like, nope, yeah. you're afraid. That's what's going on. I mean, I can definitely relate to that. Like specifically what you said when you make the site live. Of course I was scared. I mean, yeah. I'm not insane. Um, but when it comes to like a single drawing that I post on Facebook where most of my friends are my family, you know what I mean? That doesn't scare me so much. But making it live for the public... That's definitely, I see what you're saying there. So let's get into that then. So what was the transi- transition like from creating from yourself to now creating for others for, for Green Moose? Um, definitely interesting. Uh, when I was doing it for myself, I had my own timetable, obviously. Um, and it came from my own head. It'd be whatever I wanted. Say I was like, I, I just saw that Star Wars movie last week. I'm going to draw some Star Wars because I love Star Wars. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, but... Gathering a list of requirements from like a client is interesting. Um, getting in to know uh, the style that they like is interesting. Um, I'm not going to say it's like the hardest part or anything like that because as an engineer, uh, gathering requirements and specifications is actually a big part of the job. Uh, you need to know your design needs to fit into you know that list of requirements. If there's a need out there and you're making a product, um, it needs to meet those requirements, and then you know that's what you design to. So it's the same thing. It's still design. Maybe I'm not um, designing something for the Navy. Maybe I'm just designing something for this realtor who wants a logo. She still has a specific set of requirements, a set of specifications, um, and you design to that. So it's not that different um, from my actual job, which is interesting. Uh, But it is a bit different than creating for myself, like you said. Hmm. For myself, it's a lot more lax. I don't have a timeline. Um... Not that I feel pressured, really. Sometimes I do. Everybody does. But yeah. uh, I don't really know how to word it. But it is different, definitely. So you mentioned how it's very similar to your job. Um, is it different as well? Is it closer to the creative aspect of yourself? Or is it closer to the design aspect? Designing for others, I mean. I say both definitely come into play. That's interesting. Um, when it comes to like the interfacing with the clients... And uh, the business side is definitely more like my actual job engineering. Uh, when it comes to the art, of course, that's more like my own personal creativity. Uh, for example, yesterday I was working on a redesign for a website and a, and a logo and stuff like that. I was having a hard time 
you know, I was getting writer's block. Artist block, writer's block, you know. Same thing. All creators get it. And I was sitting there for like two hours. I had nothing. I couldn't, I could not move forward. Something, something struck and I was on the computer for six hours straight just doing it. You know what I mean? So uh, that part is more like the creative side. The inspiration and just the drive, put your head down and get it done. That's more like what I do personally. Um, when I email the clients, when I get the requirements, what styles they like, that's more like my real job. It's interesting that you've pulled tools from your real job yeah. that you have active training. And I mean, you probably had a manager say, okay, here's how you get these requirements. Sure. Yeah. Right. And it's almost as if you've gotten training for your side project that kind yeah, of partially comes yeah. from your real job. <laughs> yeah, right? absolutely. But now you've can turn it into something that, mm-hmm. you know, you I mean, not that you don't enjoy your real job, yeah. but that you can also benefit from additionally. And it goes both ways. I mean, I use design at work too. You know, I, there's times where I need to put my head down and be creative mm-hmm. at work. And that's fantastic. I, that's why I went to mechanical engineering because um, it takes a creative eye. It's great to be good at math and be analytical as well. But uh, if you don't have any kind of creativity, you're not going to design anything. <laughs> right. Um, so actually, this is a little bit out of order from what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get into how you started the company, but you brought it up. What is your creative process look like okay so, yeah and i guess it's going to vary depending on what you're doing of course definitely um but i guess my question more is do you sit down and force yourself to work or do you find yourself more coming up with an idea that just magically or seems to magically <laughs> come to you and then you get to work uh both actually so okay. a lot of times after my real job i come home and sit at my desk which is in a closet <laughs> it's it's not a uh, fancy guys <laughs> Um, so I'll sit down and I'll prompt myself to start working. You know what I mean? Whether I'm checking emails, something as simple as that can get me in the groove of, you know, transitioning from engineering to designing. So, um, or I'll, I'll look at my tracker. You know, I have a tracker for how many hours I put into each project and stuff like that. I'll balance my budget, whatever it is. It can even be something as simple as looking at, uh, you know, an Instagram feed of inspiring pictures. I sit at that chair and I do something and it gets the ball rolling. So I do that. Probably every day after work, um, but every once in a while, like you said, something will pop into my head. Sometimes it'll happen when I'm on the phone with a client. They'll say like, "This is my idea. This is my company that I want to start. You know, this is where I want to go with it." And I'll be like, "Wow, I just thought of the coolest thing. I'm gonna draw it up. I'll send it to you. You know what I mean?" So it starts both ways. It depends. What's interesting is you said there's almost like a habit that you have after work to kind of get you into this other mode. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I've personally had to do as yeah. well. There's a transition phase almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that something that you consciously had to build or are you just recognizing that that's something that you typically do? Hmm. I would say more recognizing. I mean, the act of going over to that side of the room and sitting in the chair, I think that enough is an, is separating you know, what I came home from to what I'm coming home to. Right. Um, even something as simple as like eating dinner almost breaks up the day into two different parts. Yeah. So I think it's probably subconscious. But it is helpful. And like looking back on it, it you know, you recognize that it's there. Right. And it's uh, actually splitting the day into two. Yeah. Um, so now getting back to Green Moose LLC, what motivated you to start the company? Because oh, yeah. now you're, 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 you're posting online, you're creating actively and sharing it with the world. Yeah. What made you decide to kind of say, all right, this is something that other people can use. I could use this yeah. and, and help people right. and you know, turn it into a business. So, uh, I mean, we've talked about this at length. Very, I've been creative my whole life. Um, in college, I actually created a couple of logos, which was sort of my start in graphic design. Um, I taught myself Adobe Illustrator. Uh, over the years, you know, you just Google, like, how do I do this in Adobe Illustrator? And then you get, like, a little video, and now you got something else in your toolkit. And I did that for, like, six years. So, you know, I developed some skills there. Entirely self-started, so you didn't have any kind of training in, in just that or YouTube just... tutorials and stuff. Yeah. I really <laughs> call that think, training. I think that's the best way to learn. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's, it's every, anything and you can learn it, whatever you want. What's crazy is it really is a skill. Yeah. And it's one that I think everyone needs to learn. And I think, you know, I, there's, there, I've worked with people in the past who struggle with that skill, just yeah. trying to figure out something on their own. Yeah. And it really is something that some people have, some people don't. And I think anyone who doesn't have it should really devote some time to like, how can I learn this? Right. Let me figure out how I can switch around words in Google to Mm -hmm. find what I need to find. Yeah. And that actually helps a lot. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be surprised. An an incredible amount. Yeah. And not to get too off topic to me, the best class I ever took in college was, um, it was a legal writing course. And really what the class was, was how to search for things. Hmm. Sure, you use legal writing. Yeah. But you had to use this database LexisNexis. And it is one of the worst databases <laughs> in the world. Like it is so 
brutal to yeah. get you results. It's just not great. Mm-hmm. And so say you're doing a, uh, a case and we did the practice cases basically and you had like a tenant of uh, – you know, and, and he was fighting to stay in his apartment or something okay. like that. You might not need a case that's actually about a tenant trying to stay in his apartment. You need to kind of think like what other cases could be related to that. Okay. Well, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's about property. Maybe it is about ownership mm-hmm. or maybe it's just about contracts. Okay. Right? And so you need to kind of like play like, all right, well, what words can I put into this thing? To yeah. get a case that's going to basically be my client's yeah. case. Huh. And that class taught me personally that skill. Like because you need to swap out words. Yeah. You need to try to figure out like how do these ideas all relate. You don't really think about it either. You don't. And it's like a weird thing. Huh. And what's funny is, you know, when you meet someone who's stuck on a problem and they don't know how to do that, it's very apparent. Yeah. Um, it really is amazing what you can find online is basically what I'm yeah. trying to say. It's really fascinating. And so you completely taught yourself Illustrator. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But what actually – motivated you to finally start this company then though um i made a, i made a few logos like i said you know i learned adobe illustrator so i made a few logos for friends in college uh for their senior design project um you know part of the project was to act like a company but we had to you know do all the business stuff make a business plan um like a budget and stuff like that it was pretty cool you know i had to do, do the same thing i made a logo for our project and i made a logo for three or four friends projects just something that they could put on their poster and their presentations and stuff like that. Do you do that for free? Yeah. <laughs> just for fun, you know? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that was the start of, like, my logo, logo design, you know, process. I hadn't done it before that. And then very recently, I, I did another one for a, friend, a friend's po- podcast. I did one for my dad, like I said before, with his, um, you know, custom reptile enclosure business. Okay. And uh, Jen, my fiance, said, why are you doing this for no money? <laughs> People have been asking you to draw them tattoos. People have been asking you to, you know, draw logos for them. People have been asking you to draw stuff for them for as long as I've been with you. Why don't you start getting paid for it? So I, you know, I was chewing on that idea for a while. And I was like, I just never thought about it. Maybe people would buy my stuff. Maybe they would want my services. And one time I posted uh, a logo. I think it was actually my dad's logo specifically. And you uh, DM'd me on Instagram. I did. And you said, Dan, what are you doing? Why are you not getting paid for this? Basically what Jen was saying, like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And between Jen putting the idea in my head and you kind of like kicking me in the ass for it, I was like, fuck it. Let's see what what this will entail. I I have a buddy, uh, Tommy. You you talked to Tommy. Yep. Tommy's been on the podcast. Yeah. Um, So I talked to him because, you know, he's, he's had his business for over a year now. Yep. Um, Looking to have so him back on soon. Actually. Yeah, yeah, it's like a check-in. That's that would be awesome. Something we want to do is kind of have a revolving door of people come back and kind of say what they've learned. That would be so kind cool. Of have like a case. He's study learned a lot. Person. He's doing some cool shit. He has learned a lot. He's come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. So I got in contact with him because I knew he could help me out, and he was more than happy, which I appreciated so much. Um, but everyone was so helpful. You know what I mean? Uh, my parents were very supportive. Jen's parents were very supportive. Jen, of course. You know you. So it's interesting that you have me on the podcast because you're a big part of the reason why I started it. And I know that sounds weird, but it really is. I didn't even know that, though, before. <laughs> you had told me just before we hit record, but I did not know that yeah. before I brought you here. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I mean, I appreciate you being on the podcast, so you're returning the favor for but, sure. But uh, everyone's so helpful. Tommy was very helpful in setting it all up. Um, a good friend, Nicole, who has her, her own blog, and she's doing great. She helped me with, like, you know just Instagram and ins and outs, like how to hashtag. And that seems so trivial. You know what I mean? And before when I would post artwork, I wouldn't hashtag because I'm just doing it for my friends. Right. Hey, check out what I did. Yeah. Uh, But now it's important. An online presence is necessary for a brand and a business and stuff like that. So it, it was just a little kick in the ass that I needed, honestly. (laughs) And it came from you, it came from Jen, other friends, family. I mean, I'm glad I did it. No regrets. Uh, But that's really where it started. That's awesome. And now, how did you get the name? Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> um, right, because it's Green Moose LLC. Green Moose Design LLC, yeah. Green Moose Design um, LLC. I like to shorten it just Green Moose, like in my posts and stuff, like, oh, it's Green Moose, you know. Um, I was sitting on the couch, just like any other day, and I had planned on forming the LLC very soon, but I needed a name. When you form an LLC, you, you need a name. It can't be a name that already exists in the registry for your state. Okay. So... I was like, ah, you know what I like? I like mountains. I like hiking. I like outdoors. How cool would like a simple mountain logo be? 
Because I really like simple, minimalist line work design. Yeah. So I was like, that would be cool. So I was landing on like peak design after a while or like peak house design or peak design house or something like that. And Jen and I were, you know, throwing ideas back and forth. One was like iron brush. I was like, that sounds cool. <laughs> and then, you know, iron brush kind of fell off. I was like, that's a little too much. Peak design was already all over the place because it sounds cool. And, it, you know. Actually, this backpack that I have right here is peak design. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Look at the inside. There you go. That's hilarious. Peak and it's, it's got a cool logo. <laughs> I know it does. I'm sorry, Dan. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm glad yeah. I didn't go with that. Yeah. Um, well, at least we know it's a good name. Yeah, it is a good name. So I was just thinking more and more. I, I love to snowboard. Uh, I love Vermont. And that's where I usually go to snowboard. Um, and I'm like, yeah, what you know? What about Vermont makes me you know happy? Why do I like being there? And you know, of course, the mountains. It's very green. I mean, you know, you can't go wrong there. It's, in the winter, it's very white. But <laughs> and um, I go up there with uh, my cousin and his girlfriend a lot, and she's terrified of moose. It's hilarious. She thinks for some reason that a moose is going to pop out of the woods and chase her down the mountain. And I think it's so funny. So I just started thinking about that because I was thinking about all the times I've gone there with them and snowboarded and stuff like that. And we always end up talking about the moose. And it's hilarious. So I was like thinking and brainstorming. I was like, green moose. It literally popped into my head. And I know it sounds cliche, but that's what happened. And I was like, it's fucking perfect. It's easy to say. It's easy to spell. It's easy to brand. I can make a logo. I can make a color scheme. I can really put this together. And there's something about the double letters in both words that I like a lot. Green moose. E-E-O-O. Mm. Actually, I brought it up to, um, to uh, you know, our mutual friend Christian. Mm. Uh, he's really, uh, you know, he, he's really good with English and grammar and just stuff like that. And he said there was actually a word for something like that where two words sound good together. Yeah. His example was uh, cellar door. Cellar door. <laughs> And um, Donnie, there's a word Donnie for Darko. it. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's where he got it from. Yeah, that is where he got it from. Boom, you got it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I do, yeah. Uh, I don't remember the word was because it's like a long, like, grammatical word. Right. But um, we should look it up. He said it was something like that. You know, it made him, it, it rolled off the tongue. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was like round on the edges or something like that. I think that comes from a Louis C.K. skit. <laughs> but um, it just felt good. Yeah. So it's inspired by my time in Vermont, you know, hanging out with family. I, I like the outdoors. Mountains are green. <laughs> so you named it. It's kind of interesting because you named it for yourself, which is actually, I think, a little bit more unique than I, where I would typically go for a name. Um, not to say it's bad or anything sure. like that. But I mean, it should be something you like. Yeah. But what's interesting is you went to, well, this is something that I enjoy. Let me try to find a title for it that represents everything I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of neat. Huh. I it's, never really thought about it like it's, that. It's different than... Is that too selfish? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's your, the thing is, is that it's your side project. Yeah. You know, it's how you want to spend time. Right. So, I mean, naming it how you enjoy spending time seems like the perfect way to name it. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's almost kind of beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so, actually, I do have some, some other questions about it. So, now, let's see. what You started the company, and when did you start it? It was actually only about, like, a month, uh, like yeah. two months ago? Yeah, so I... Formed the LLC on February tenth. Right, right of now this it's year. the beginning of April. Yeah. Right, so you had just you're very fresh into. Oh yeah. This, which is awesome though, because now you have just stepped over the other side of starting a company, and now that's why you're here. To yeah. Learn about what that's like. Right. What's the most unexpected part of starting your own company for you right now? I would say uh, people reaching out to me is very interesting. Okay. Um, it's exciting. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's the whole reason you do anything like that. You want people to reach out to you. Right. Um, of course your presence is important too online and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, having someone contact you, even if they're like an acquaintance or, you know, a friend of a family member or something like that, or even someone random, that's almost more exciting. And they're like, Hey, can you do this for me? And you're like, yes, I can. And you know, you, you get your stuff together, you know, you you give them a quote, make them sign a contract. It's interesting. And, um, having people come to you for something that you've done for so long and love, I'd say that's probably the most unexpected. And of course, I guess I knew that would have happened. That was the goal. Like I said, you want people to come to you for your services. But to have people actually want it was very nice. And I don't, like I said, I try to be humble. I don't like to talk about myself too much. I know that's the whole reason I'm here. Yeah. But it's a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hitting run on a project and all of a sudden seeing it work. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. And I've I've finished a couple of logos now. Like people are enjoying what I'm doing and that's really nice that's really awesome yeah and so what's on the other end of the spectrum what's the most challenging part 
for it. So like what was the most challenging part of getting it off the ground for you? Getting off the ground, I would say, um, I mean, like I said, friends and family were so supportive that, you know, share my posts and, you know, get people to follow my stuff. So online presence is so important now in this day and age. That's a big part of how I'm trying to get it off the ground. Um, my website is great. Uh, not a lot of traffic is driven to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not very, I, you know, I have a blog on there and I post, I try to post weekly. I actually have read some of your stuff. It's, it's pretty good. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. No, it is pretty good. And that's unique too because who, who, I don't know any other design company that's yeah. like – I mean I, I'm sure there's big corporations yeah. that have blogs on design. Right. But a small one that you're producing content but then you could also hope to get people to your website to see right. your work yeah. and kind of start a community mm-hmm. is really interesting. Well, that's a big part of why I wanted to start the blog is alongside the services. Um, I want other people to do what I did, yeah. you know? I want someone to look at their work and be like, this is worth something. Uh, I want to cultivate, like a, like you said, a community of artists and designers and creative people that can get their ideas off the ground. And I don't know, maybe share in the experience a little bit. Like, it's not that scary. It's scary, and you're supposed to be nervous. If you're not nervous, there's something wrong with you. But you've um, done it 20 times. Yeah. Like <laughs> but uh, there's people out there like you, and you can do it. You know what I mean? And even if... Like, listen, I'm not making any money yet. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to maybe for a long time. And that's fine. And that's not really what it's about. You want to, you just want to put yourself out there. And I think that's what's most important. And people are scared to do that. I'm very scared of doing that. It's the natural human reaction is to be scared of putting yourself out there. Yeah, it's a risk. Yeah, but doing it, it, it's worth it. It's thrilling. Um, It's worth something. And that's a big part of why I have the blog on there. And I want, I want to start inspiring other people i guess i mean i'm not some you know messiah or something that can inspire <laughs> others and no, but not. if if my story can get anyone else off the ground why not you know right. i mean that's some of the side project work i've personally done and and from people i've talked to who've done side project work um it's some of the most rewarding stuff ever yeah. i mean when you're being creative and putting yourself out there and then other people determine that to be valuable mm-hmm. That's the best feeling Absolutely. in the world. And anyone who is going to just restrict their life to not include that, uh, I mean, you don't have to do that. Sure. By any means, you could, you know, that's not what we're saying. But if you want to and you'd be upset if you didn't do it before mm-hmm. you died, get, come on. Yeah. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Like, everyone should. Jump in. Anyone who wants to do that before they die should yeah. really do it. You should try. Yeah. Um, actually, this leads into another one of my questions. Taking risks in general, mm-hmm. you know, that's basically what this podcast is about, you know, sure. putting yourself out there authentically, you know, the whole idea is to interview risk takers of all kinds, whether it be artists, entrepreneurs like mm-hmm. yourself or, um, what in general is the hardest part of taking risks for you? Um, I actually have a relatively big problem with self-confidence. Um, I know I said before, like, I'm not really hesitant to share my work cause I know like a lot of my friends and family will like it and stuff like that. But, um, I'm not going to call it an issue, but especially before I started, I had a couple issues with like self-worth mm. and I don't even mean like personally, like I, I'm totally comfortable in my own skin and stuff like that. It's more had to do with my work. I didn't think people would pay for it. Mm. Did I love sharing it? Yeah. And I thought that was great. I, I thought people really did like to see it on Facebook or Instagram, but I never in a million years thought that my work would be worth paying for. I've been wrong a few times so far now that I've started and that's great. And so I'm starting to get a little bit of that self-worth back. And that's something actually Jen helped me out a lot with because every time she brought it up, and this isn't new, this is something she's been talking about for a long time. She would say like, why not? Like, what's wrong with you? Somebody would buy that. Somebody has looked at you in your face and said, I would pay money for that. I really think you could sell the Westeros map for a ton of money. That's I mean, what I'm people, not, a lot of people are saying that, yeah. It's going to be, if, if you go to the website, heights.life, it's going to be in there. Uh, cool. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It is a crazy gigantic project yeah and did you think that 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 someone wouldn't buy that or yeah. or or that look well, or that it was like silly or like what was your not interpretation? silly but you know i think i estimated i put like 60 hours into it or something like that you know what i mean insane Damn. so if i want to if i wanted to sell it for any amount of money that would be worth it like if you broke it down hourly and that's not really what it's about but right. if i did it would end up being like 2500 dollars. yeah and I wouldn't pay that much for something like that. <laughs> like, and that's what I always default to. Like, right. would I buy this? And I, my answer is almost always no. Yeah. But, uh, and that just comes back to, that's definitely where the risk for me came from was, is anyone really going to like this? Is anyone going to pay for this? It's 
that's that's kind of where it stemmed from. That's interesting. That actually goes back to something that from people that I've talked about pricing and and determining value. It's one of the hardest things because realistically, what you're doing, what your company is, you're doing something for fun. Yeah, you're doing something that you would probably be doing. Actually, would <laughs> we're, we're sure you would <laughs> have yeah be doing anyway. Sure. So how do you go about pricing that? Um, that's something that you know when I had Brian Tice on the show, he was talking about. You know, he did this huge tour across New Jersey filming bands and uh, filming music videos for mm-hmm. them. And he did it entirely for free. Wow. And then he went on to like, you know, he did that to build up his portfolio. Yeah. And then he went on to try to determine, you know, what could that be worth? Mm-hmm. That's a hard thing. It's extremely difficult. You're doing something that you would be doing for free anyway. Yeah. I mean, he did, I, if I'm remembering right, it was about 30 different shoots in wow. under a year. It, wow. it was a ton of shoots in, in, a, in a year. And 365 days, and he did it all for free. That's amazing. So he's proven time and time again he would do this for free. Yeah. Now he's trying to label a price to it. And how do you do that? Yeah. How do you do that? It's a huge hurdle to come over. Yeah. And at the end of the day, simultaneously, you know, you realize uh, what you could do it for. So you're almost not a good determiner of absolutely not. what it should be worth. Yeah. Because you could look at something and say. Well, why would I buy that? I can make it. Mm-hmm. But other people look at it and say, oh, my gosh, I want to have that. I can't make that. And right. I want that in my life. Yeah. But So it's almost hard because you're not. How do I put myself in their sh- shoes to right. see what they would pay for it? Right. And yeah. I don't know what the right answer is. I'm actually working on something right now that I'll release at a later time. But it's because I can make it pretty easy. It's a product that I know how to make pretty right. easy. But other people might not. Um, it's a hard thing to determine the value. Yeah. How did you overcome that hurdle? Or maybe you haven't overcome that hurdle completely because you kind of just started. It's pretty early still. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely finding a groove. Okay. At the beginning, I definitely lowballed everybody. I was terrified of losing clients, of steering people away. I mean, my very first client, I mean, I probably put 20 hours of work into the whole project. It was like a whole like branding suite. And it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm really proud of like what I put out there. And um, she was very happy with it, which is a great feeling. Um, but I think I ended up making like, you know, $8 an hour or something. And I don't really like putting like a rate to it, but you know, is that bad? No, I got paid for doing something I would have done anyway. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, hell, they're giving you ideas on what to draw. Ex- exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should be paying them, Dan. I don't understand. <laughs> you got this business Thank model Thank you back. so much. <laughs> um, so you know, there's definitely such thing as lowballing in the industry, and people right. who are established they charge like 75 an hour. Yeah. Now, graphic design isn't cheap, um, but like I said, I'm starting. I don't want to steer people away. I'm getting into a groove. I try to do flat rate. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before, but I work a little bit slower than I would like to, and maybe like a professional studio would work. Um, you know, they're banging out logos daily. You know, maybe more than one a day. Um, I could finish one in a day, but it might take me six hours or something like that, uh, where, you know, a professionally trained designer might take two. Is the end result similar? Yeah, I think my stuff is pretty good. Um, but I I can't see myself charging someone $75 an hour for me to take a longer time. You know what I mean? So I try to steer towards flat rate, and I'm getting into the groove. A lot of research went into what graphic designers charge. Um, depends on a lot of factors, what you're doing, who you're doing it for. Um, but I'm definitely getting into a groove, uh, like a logo is starting to have like a flat rate instead of, you know, well, how long is this going to take me and how much do I want to make an hour? Um, so you're learning your own yeah. abilities essentially yeah. as you're going too. Yep. So something I read early on was keep a timetable of all your projects because the first couple you're going to do wrong. <laughs> and I did and they were completely right. So now I have this big spreadsheet that um, I break down each like activity, like research versus concept generation versus like knocking up the final draft and I input the hours that I spent doing each part. So now I can look back on that and be like, okay, this logo is kind of like this other one I did. Let me go see how long that one took me. Uh, six hours, and now I can charge accordingly. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's helping a lot. Did you anticipate knowing that that would be the way that you would price things out when you started, or have you just kind of figured that out as you've gone along? Definitely as I went. I had <laughs> no idea how I was going to do it. Like, Yeah, geez. I actually got my first client way faster than I thought I was going to. I really? thought I had a bunch of time to figure all this stuff out. And it's funny because while I was figuring it out on the fly, I was like, well, this may as well have happened because that's how everything else happens. I always learn things when I need to. Right. You know what I mean? There's never really, you can always say you're going to prepare and you're going to have everything ready for this perfect first client to come around. 
But she called me up, said, this is what I want. And I was like, well, let me figure this out. (laughs) And that's what I had to do. (laughs) I genuinely think that that's the best way to learn. I agree, actually. And I think they're, I think personally, the the smartest people I've come in contact with are people who are aware of that. Yeah. Like someone who's like, well, you know what? I have to throw myself into this (laughs) or I'm never going to figure this out. Like it has to hurt a little. Yep. Like just throwing yourself into it. And obviously there is such a thing as you're throwing yourself to the wind too much. Yeah. But I think I think the best way to learn is to kind of break something down on the fly. Yeah. As you're going. Right. And see what the pain points are. Yeah. A good example, um, you know, I had to draft up a quote for the, my first client. I've never done that in my life. Now, like you said, throwing yourself into the wind too much. I, I definitely didn't do that because I had eight tabs open. How do I draft a quote? How do you price graphic design? Can I have a quote template? What do they look like? <laughs> You know, like, do I put the date on it, my name, my number? And so finally I came up with, like, a nice design with my logo in the corner. And, you know, I picked a good font. And uh, I like fonts a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like, a lot. Um, What's your favorite font, Dan? Actually, I do have a favorite font. It's called Quicksand. Quicksand. Yeah. Check it out. I don't know that I've seen that. I'm Um, writing it down. It's not great for all applications, but uh, it's it's very nice. I like it. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's not an easy thing to do. But uh, it's, like you said, probably the best way to do it. And what's crazy, though, is you can never prepare fully for starting something like this. No. It really is crazy. I mean, unless you're someone who has a mentor and is in the business and really isn't creating for yourself. Right. I don't think you can fully prepare before you start something like this. Uh, because you there's just so much that you'll, you can't even fathom that you need to know. Yeah. I mean, you know, on my site, one of the things I just did is I added a um, – a subscribe uh, button that, that, that kind of pops up. And yeah. It's actually a real pain in the butt to get the subscribe thing to pop up after you're on the site for a certain amount of okay, time. It's yeah, like a lot more difficult saying. than it seems. Uh, something I still haven't done because I spent so much time figuring that out. <laughs> you know, what email do I send those people oh, once yeah. they subscribe? <laughs> I haven't done that. You know what I mean? There's just, but there's so many things. And you, I think so many people get stuck standing still trying to fathom everything that they need to know before they start. Yeah. But that's just, you can't do it. Yeah. It will, and it, Sure, you might lose out on um, some aspects of your company doing it this way and not not stopping and, and preparing for every little thing. Right. But you're going to lose more if you stand still. Absolutely. And so you just got to you gotta start moving. Dive in. That's the biggest thing. Yep. Yeah. Get in over your head and start figuring it out. Um, so when some people start side projects, they have a real tough time. This is myself I'm actually speaking from, but they have a tough time balancing their life and then their work. Uh have you had to build any kind of habits to kind of make sure that you spend time on Green Moose? Or how has your life changed habit-wise since starting the company? Um, I sleep less. <laughs> <laughs> Something's got to go. Yeah. Uh, the that, sacrificial lamb. Sleep. Yeah. What, the, there's like a triangle. There's like a picture on the internet where there's a triangle between like uh, work, family, and like, you know, sleep or something like that. And you have to give one of them up. Sleep has gone by the wayside for me. Uh, this is important. I guess that's know? better than family. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't live with my family anymore, so I try to make it a point to go visit them every week. But the weekends are my most free time. That's when I get most of my work done on Green Moose. Um, yeah, I do do work every day after real work as well. Um, but it, then I end up staying up until 2 in the morning and having to wake up at 5.30 to go into the office. You know what I mean? So that becomes taxing. Um, I, I'm in a very dedicated relationship. I, I need to carve out time for that. Um is friends you know what i mean friends want to go out on the weekend but i got stuff to do right it's very hard to say no and sometimes i don't and i get backed up and i'm up until three in the morning on monday instead of you know carving out time on sunday um so habit wise i would say the i think i mentioned this before just the the break between um sitting on the couch and watching tv in the living room and going into the you know what i call the office air quotes the closet with, yeah <laughs> with the chair and the desk with my stuff you know what i mean with with my drawing pad and my monitors and all that other good stuff it's where i keep all my art stuff so everything's around me i have i always have my green moose email up um and i always have illustrator open so it's already there you know nothing's stopping me there's no there's no i guess I don't know, blockage there. You sit down and I have everything I need right here. So why not start working? So you're saying you don't close those tabs? No. That's interesting. I Actually, it's I try to organize each project because I'll be working on maybe two or three at once. Each project has its own you know, Google Chrome window open with like you know eight or ten tabs open, insp- inspiration, pictures, 
research about you know their their company or you know if they already have a website or if they have a Facebook or something like that I'll have that all open um, similar companies to see what other people are doing in the area you know what, what kind of stuff they're using color schemes fonts how they set up their websites so I'll have all these like you know reference images and this is a big reason and it sounds silly to like mention it but I needed the dual screen setup because I was trying to do logos on my laptop yeah. and I'd have Illustrator open, you know, the half window with like the, my reference images on the other half window of my yeah. laptop and I'm using a trackpad. Now, I, I made my dad's logo with a trackpad. <laughs> <laughs> right, wait, like... Yes, like on the laptop. Oh my God. And that's how I did the ones in college too. And finally, you know, as part of like... Not st- even a mouse? No. As part of starting the company, I got myself a drawing pad, finally. Okay. And it's been amazing. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, so I need those those tabs open. And each, when I sit down, I have like little compartmentalized areas where I open up this Google window and it has all my tabs open for this specific project. And I open up Illustrator and that's where my, the, the work I was, I, you know, everything's saved and backed up to external hard drives and stuff like that. But I don't turn my computer off. I just put it to sleep, boot it back up, and it's got everything I need right then and there. Yeah. I do the same thing. I actually will leave tabs open, but I never really noticed that that's something that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think my computer now is pretty much dedicated to side project work, and I don't think it ever gets off of that. Yeah. I think there's always... That's kind of awesome. Yeah, there's always some kind of project that's open. And yeah. I, I actually... I don't think I've ever consciously thought that that's a habit, but that definitely is something that I do. And that's actually... That's good that it's kind of staring you in the face, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to your computer to do who knows, you know, whatever, right. I'm going to surf the internet and all of yeah. a sudden there's a project there. It's like... Mm-hmm. You're not going to go on Facebook for 30 minutes, you know what I mean? Or whatever probably, it is. Probably should get to work. <laughs> um, so let's see. So in, of all your creative projects, what's your favorite project to work on to date? Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. I might have to think about it for, you know, well, my mind goes directly to the wood burning. I mean... Does it? I think that's probably the most ambitious thing I've tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was definitely the, probably the biggest project I've done. It took the longest amount of time and everything like that. Um, so that's definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was massive. It was taller than you. Yeah, it was well, four feet. I'm not that tall. I'm Wait, not that short. Was it four feet? Four feet tall, yeah. Oh. Four feet by two feet. Looks bigger in pictures. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> it's because of the detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be. But, um... I think just based on the scale, that was probably one of my favorite things. Yeah. Um, but I also really like my favorite style in general is minimalist line work, and that actually lends itself to tattoo design quite a bit. I'm not a tattoo artist by any means, and um, I think I think tattoo artists are awesome. The styles that they have, but um, specifically minimalist line work. If you look that up, you know you'll see what I'm talking about. But just the way that they express. A, a subject or a feeling or anything like that. And it doesn't have to be a tattoo on a person's body. It could just be line work on, you know, on the computer or, or on a piece of paper. There's something about it. Hmm. I look at it and I'm like, yes, that's it. That's, oh my God. Like I get like physically, ex- oops, <laughs> didn't mean it like that. But like, I, you know, I get energetic, like, right. like adrenaline almost starts pop- pumping in. Like, I'm like, this is a good logo. Yeah. And it's not jealousy. It's like, pure inspiration it's just like this looks good i know exactly what this company's about and it's just it's clean it's simple it gets the point across and i love it i love it so much so now and i do have just a few other questions before we wrap up when when i say the word successful who comes to mind for you hmm that's interesting i never really thought about that and come back to it if you want yeah, maybe we should. Uh, right. I'm gonna have to keep that on the back burner. All right. I don't really have any inspirational, you know, artists or anything like that that helped me push myself to to do what I did. Um, I mean, you know, your mind kind of automatically goes to people who are successful that you hear on the news, like you know, Bill Gates or something like. That. And that's so cliche. I'm almost mad I said it. <laughs> no, no, no. no. De- it's kind of funny. Derek Sivers, um, he was on the Tim Ferriss show a while ago, and he is one of. I guess he's kind of a modern-day philosopher, Derek Sivers. He's a fascinating guy if you haven't looked him up, uh, anyone listening or you. Um, And Tim Ferriss asked him this question, and he said that actually a better version of the question is not who the first person is, who I think of when you say the word Mm -hmm. successful, but who's the third person, and why are they actually more successful than the first person? That's interesting. And his argument is that everyone will go to like Bill Gates or something like that. Right, which is what I did. Right, for the first one, because that's what we've all 
decided as success. But maybe right. the third, maybe the second one is you know Tim Ferriss. Maybe the third one is my mom. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like who knows? Why not? Right. Like who's the third one? That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I you, you never thought of it. how hard that question would be. It really is hard because when you define the word successful, it's what you want to be. Yeah. And it's a tough thing because there's people who, you know, I even idolize and I would say I would say Tim Ferriss is one of them. He has a really famous podcast and he's he's one of the people who I listen to his podcast a lot and I actually was mad um, although he does great work. He interviews world-class performers. Mm-hmm. So the people at the top at top top of their game. Okay. And he asks them what their habits and routines are. You can almost say like, "Oh, this podcast is very similar to that." But I look at it as very different. This one is meant to interview people who are just starting out um and who then go on throughout their careers yeah um but the idea is not necessarily to have habits or routines come from this it's more what is the emotion of running a company like right you know what what struggles did you face that you didn't anticipate yeah and i always found his episodes that focused on that were the best ones okay but i didn't i think he found them by mistake um and it's again i've learned a ton from tim ferris it's not to discredit him at all but the ones that were very emotionally driven, where the person talked about some of the struggles, I found to be the most inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I felt like if you could hone in on that, that would be fascinating. That would just be like, yeah, like, that's let's, what this is. exactly, yeah. right? That's, that's what I hope to do right. here. I mean, and you could even interview some of the same people you've interviewed and, and hone in on that. Right. Um, and, and really try to get something out of it that's a little bit, uh, maybe more deep and more moving. Um, it's relatable, too. Yeah, right. And, and exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, so back to my original point on success, you know, I is Tim Ferriss someone who I want to call successful, someone who I want to perfectly idolize? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely successful. Yeah. And I'd love to have a beer with him. I'd love to meet with him. <laughs> but that's a tough question. It's now that I'm thinking about it a little bit, success can be measured in so many different ways. You know, it doesn't have to be money or status or anything like that it could be i think those are bad indicators of success, yeah personally. I, yeah i I actually this is gonna sound kind of weird i really like going into a restaurant that's extremely well run where i get great service the food is amazing good drinks and i just think about who's running the show you know what i mean i think that's cool you think that's success i think that's success the fact that you can create something and have all these moving parts work together. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. It could be mm-hmm. anything like, you know. No, I mean, well, it could be a restaurant. Yeah, a, a mom and pop coffee shop. You know, I, that's success. Mm. I, I think that's cooler. You know what I mean? Like, they figured it out for themselves. Yeah. And they created like a little world you can escape to. Exactly. You know, they have a community. They have people that come in every every morning for, for a little bit of coffee. I mean, look at the damn Chegg. Oh, yeah. Oh, that place is awesome. Everybody loves a Chegg. Right. And that's, there's an experience about that place. Yeah. They're successful. Very. Yeah. It's opening up soon. We right. should go. <laughs> now that is an interesting way to look at. It. That's one way that I've looked at it before. You know, how have you? I don't. I don't want to say how have you changed the world, but almost what kind of world have you created? You know, you look at. You know, I, if I had to say who I think one of the most successful people is, and it's a little cheesy, uh, but like Walt Disney, I think. Oh is, yeah. Is one of the most fascinating people, and I don't actually don't know much about his life, mm-hmm. but you just have to look at his legacy. You know, this man created a, a believable world where you can go and kind of step out of reality yeah. for a little bit, literally, yeah. You know, and that's kind of what when you said the restaurant thing, that's kind yeah. of where my mind went to. Mm-hmm. Like, you're creating a space and taking it from your mind and saying, "I want people to feel a certain way when they're in this little place." Yeah. I mean, that's, that's you're it. taking your yeah. own consciousness. And put it out in the world, and other people can step in for a little bit, and then and they they love it. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, huh. Anyone help you along the way? Yeah, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyone in particular motivate you towards design or um, design in general? Or yeah, actually, I mean, throughout my entire life, like I said, I started out with my dad, and my mom was also artistic and crafty, and she would help me with a lot of things. Um, you know, my my sister would would push me and. I would make little gifts for family members and, you know, draw them a picture. And they loved it. And uh, they were all very supportive. So starting out right from a kid, everyone was behind me with art and stuff like that. And, and like, that mail-in art class I talked about before, like, that cost money. My parents paid for that for me so that I could be trained. And, um, you know, they, they loved when I went into art class. And, you know, by the time I hit high school, there was a lot of teachers in, in the high school that we went to that inspired me to – kind of hone my artistic skills into something that might be a little more applicable or 
not to say that you can't make it as an artist, but everyone knows it's difficult. I mean, it's, that's no secret. And mm-hmm. if you can make it, that's amazing. Um, you know, I don't live in the city, and that's kind of where you got to be. Not necessarily, but it's part of it. Yeah. Um, so they helped me hone my artistic skills into design. And, uh, you know, I learned how to 3D model and uh, do, like, mathematical analysis and simulation and stuff like that. And that steered me toward, you know, by the time I hit senior year, I was like, uh, you know, architecture or mechanical engineering. And that's where my mind was. And I was set. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So what school do I go to for those things? And I landed on mechanical engineering. Um, so, you know, you know, start out with my dad, my family, my sister, you know, uh, go to school, my teachers, my friends even. Um, I was in student government and uh, I would make posters for that. And, you know, they loved it. Uh by the time I hit college, you know, now I'm training to be a mechanical engineer. So my design skills are important. Um, so I had other teachers there that would help me and hone me. And by the time I hit senior design, it was kind of funny, actually. Um, I had this idea that if I made our presentations look really good, they would ask us less questions in the end. Because <laughs> I hate when, you know, it's nerve wracking when you put yourself out there and you you know, you actually have to back up your design with something mathematical. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, on the spot they would? Oh, yeah. Ooh, at, okay. at the end, it would open up for a Q&A. And some, you know, they're not being jerks, but they're asking about your specific design. It's and, a critique. Yeah, absolutely. And it has to be based on analysis. You know, it's, Ooh, it's okay. a product that's you need to build and has to work. So they're like, are you sure that motor has enough RPM? And, and you're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Does it? So... It almost worked in a backwards way. If I made these presentations look really good for our team, it actually made us present better. And when we presented better, we shared all that information with the teachers who would, you know, judge us basically. Um, and literally, almost every single presentation we did, we had almost no questions at the end because we had something a little bit better to present with. They understood better, and everything was clear. They didn't have questions because there was none to ask. And I thought I was doing it because they were impressed by the way it looked. So we were like, ah, they got it figured out. But really, it made us present better. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that helped push me as well. So literally my whole life, friends, family, you know, fiance, everybody, every single person I've ever come in contact with has been supportive. And I feel very lucky for that. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, What would you say to someone who's considering joining the creative world? Do it. <laughs> uh, that one really stumped you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no reason not to, and um, it's not just drawing. It's not designing on a computer. Um, it it could be literally anything. Anything that takes a little bit of imagination, a little bit of risk. Yeah, to drum up, just do it. Even if it's just for yourself, like what I had done for 23 years. You know what I mean? Um, make make a piece of jewelry. You know, uh, carve out a little. Uh, someone, one of my friends knows some guy who takes the pits out of avocados, carves them, lacquers them, and puts them on a necklace. He sells them for like 20 bucks. <laughs> who the hell would have thought that was a thing? But wow. it's creative. Yeah. He makes really cool looking stuff. You know, he's on Etsy, I think. Good for him. Yeah. Who would have thought that was a thing? Not me. Right. <laughs> and... You know, again, that, that's artistic, but it doesn't always need to be artistic. You can be creative in analytical ways, too. Um, I, I know nothing about finances. <laughs> yeah, no. But the people that do, it's almost like an art to them. Right. And if you think, you know, s- someone else that I, I work with, um, they, uh, they're they really into fantasy drafts. And, uh, you know, they enter tournaments and stuff like that. They use math and, like, you know, stats and stuff to back their lineup. Who, who they draft for their team, and then they try to win the tournament. So, I mean, that's creativity. They're they're using creativity, and, and it's in a way that maybe not be so conventional, where you recognize it immediately, but it's there. I think the biggest, most important thing uh, that I would say to anybody is, and you are definitely someone who does this, just bring your whole self to the table. Mm. You know, if you're someone who is struggling, you know, or, or wants to be creative but is feeling like you're not, you're not bringing your whole self to the table. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a, it's a shame. And it's like, you can tell when someone does do that right away. Mm-hmm. Your friend who's doing the fantasy sports thing. Sure. You know, maybe he's not bringing him his full self to the table in his job, whatever. Right? Yeah. Right? But like, find that, that there's that thing inside you that wants to come out. Yeah. You have to do it. Yep. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. No. And art takes a lot of different forms. Sure. But we need it. Absolutely. We need it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I, you've been you know very generous with your time. I really thank uh, you for that. Yeah, but thank where, you. so, where can people find you online if they want to check out your site? If they want to check out your work, where can they sure. go? Sure, uh, greenmovesdesign.com is my website, and I I have a portfolio of all my you know old illustrations and, and even new stuff like logos and things like that. Um, Twitter and Instagram at greenmovesdesign, uh, but it's spelled G R N. You take out the E's of the green. It was taken, unfortunately. <laughs> Figured I'd get creative with the bastards. You know, take out the vowels. <laughs> one of those things. Is it hip? I doubt it. So at Green Moose Design without the E's in the green. And uh, Facebook as well. I mean, if you just searched Green Moose Design, you'd find the page. Yeah, And, and d- I post stuff on there too. And I'm going to post a bunch of your stuff on the site. Oh, but seriously, anyone who's listening to this who needs to design, Dan is the guy who wrote it. Trust <laughs> me. He'll Appreciate work it. with you and uh, he'll get you a great product. So, Dan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And thank you. Once you get some more time under your belt, like I said, I'd love to have the people back on. Love That's to be like back. what we should do. So Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, you got it. As always, thanks for listening. Uh, Dan's got an awesome story, and I'm really stoked to see where he ends up taking it. So to find some of his work and to get this show and others, head on over to our website at heights.life. That's a dot .life instead of a dot .com. Once you're there, be sure to subscribe to get new episodes as soon as they come out. Till then, so long.